0: In the name of Jesus, which is still, they ain't never going to change. The only name under heaven given among men whereby we could be saved. Whereby we should be saved. The book says, Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other. What's it talking about? Baptism. How to be baptized. For there's none of their name. What's the name? There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. I'm glad I've been baptized in Jesus' name. How about y'all? Tap your hands to the Lord one more time. Amen, amen, amen. The Lord bless you. I'm going to let you be seated. And uh, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you for uh, all of the, the kindnesses that have been extended to me here. Your pastor and pastor's wife and family, and this church family, treats me like I'm a pampered pooch. And if for no other reason than just hospitality, your pastor qualifies as a bishop. Uh, some people I miss. missed... Read that scripture when it says must be given to hospitality. Think they read it as must be given to hostility, I think is how they read that. But uh, he makes you all look good, he represents you well. And I'm always, have, have always been in his debt. The only thing uncomfortable for me about being here is I don't get to wake up every morning look at Sugar Booger. But uh, I would say you're the next best thing, but I'd be kind of lying a little bit. But I certainly enjoy my stay. Um, I don't know why the Lord never let me live in the South. I've loved it. I found myself, I'm a Westerner by birth. I got a little taste of it as a child living in South Texas. I did most of my early preaching in, in East Texas and South Louisiana. Enough to fall in love with gumbo and now, and, and, and the sweet tea and them cathead biscuits and etouffee and sauce pecan and you name it. Uh, I love moss on the trees. I don't like to rake it up. I just like to look at it. In somebody else's yard when I go by. I don't want. I don't want all the mess that falls off of that on me when I'm underneath it. But it's like nice to look at. Anyway, uh, I've always enjoyed the. The fellowship, the friendship, and uh, coming down. I, when I go back home, I'm driving down a street or something. You see, what they don't teach you in driver's ed in the south is put your hands on the steering wheel at 10 and 2. They don't teach you that. They teach you to put your hand at 12 o'clock because when you're driving down a, a you know country road, you, you raise a finger or two off the, the steering wheel well, why don't you try that in my town like I do? I'll be driving down the street, somebody's out in the yard, and I'll wave a couple of fingers up, and they turn, and they look like, what's wrong with that dude right there? <laughs> uh, the Lord has spared all Southerners by not allowing me to invade your privacy. And uh, you learn real quick that when you go to a restaurant and you get called darling or sweetheart or something, they're not trying to be uh flirty they're just being nice to old people and wanting your order of course they would appreciate a tip too and of course where i come from they throw it on the table you have to catch it the they're playing shuffleboard or something with your plate is just scooting across the table and you learn that down south they t- talk real slow and they sing real fast up north they talk fast and sing real slow There's got to be a happy medium somewhere. Reckon what heaven's going to be like. I think everybody's going to be happy when we get over yonder. What do you think? I believe Paul was a Southerner. He said yonder, so uh, more than y'all. So, anyway, there it is. Uh, When I, the last three weeks have been an emotional roller coaster for the Ballester family. Actually, this whole year has been the year from torment. I've cried more this year than any year that I can recall. Seeing pain in family and those you love, not being able to do one thing to fix it. I talked about it my first night here. Uh, three weeks ago, I believe it was, I left to go drive my daughter home. Well, I say home. Drive her up to Michigan. We had a truck rented and all, everything boxes and before I could get there you uh, used to talk about the song God specializes in things called impossible and he will do what no other power can do <laughs> ain't God something how he can turn impossible situations around and so we unpacked my daughter's stuff because it looks like God put her world back together again. And um, her and her husband had smiley faces, and they were getting their picture taken together again, and all the awkwardness seemed to be gone. Since I have been here, a grandson that was living on the streets has prayed back through. Today I got word that my backslidden son went down to an altar and prayed back through today. <laughs> He's been estranged from his wife, and when he got done praying, he turned to her and apologized and said, I love you. I don't know what the future holds, but every step we take, we claim it in Jesus' name because God's still a good God. And I know sometimes saints can look at preachers and feel like, oh, you lived a charm life. I'll just tell you, we got we got life just like everybody else has life. And uh, just because you're a grandpa doesn't mean that everyone in your family thinks just like you all the time. All I can do is give people, do my best to give people uh a chance to live for God. The rest of it's up to you. We don't force people. We're not some kind of cult where we force people to live for God. Or do. It's got to be in your heart. And all we can hope and pray is that everybody gets a want to. I'll just tell you, the way of the transgressor is hard. When you walk away from God, it's not easy. This is still the easiest life. This is still, if there was no heaven, if there was no hell, there's still no better life than what you and I got right here, in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I, uh, I'm very, I, I've cried all, I, I sat at the table today and I started crying because we got word sitting at the dinner table, and so I've done nothing but cry tears of happiness today. I prefer those over the other kinds. Do you remember the story about Rhoda? She was at John Mark's mother's house. She's a little servant girl, and they're over there praying, Oh, God, get Peter out of prison. He's going to kill him in the morning, Lord. You've got to get him out. We need him, Lord. They're praying. And lo and behold, Peter starts knocking on the door. And it said of Rhoda, She opened not the gate for gladness. As a little boy, maybe seven, eight years old, I can still hear my daddy preaching on too good to be true. And sometimes we're praying for something, we can't see the answer sitting right there on the front porch just trying to get in. Somebody needs to believe God one more time. He's still a prayer answering God. Why don't we clap our hands, dear Lord, one more time. So I went home after church today. And I wanted to put together a little something just to say thank you to Jesus. So if I'm just preaching to me, why don't you all just get up now and go on to the Dairy Queen. I'll just preach to the wall back there and talk to me. But I'm preaching tonight on celebrating what didn't happen. We celebrate sometimes what did happen. Oh, he's 91 years old. I joined the Old geezers Association this year. Actually, I've joined it a long time ago. I'm only claiming it this year. I think the last time a girl looked at me, I was probably six months old. <laughs> they run for me all my life. I found one that couldn't run, and I caught her and married her. But it's easy to remember birthdays. We're getting ready to have uh, an eating contest here this week. One Thanksgiving when I was 16 years old, I remembered that my mama said that she'd had something similar to happen to her when she was a little girl, so I knew she couldn't say no. But my mother made, I don't know, five or six pumpkin pies, and I volunteered to do the dishes sixteen years old. You can tell I've been stupid all my life. But there was a method in my madness. I wanted a whole pumpkin pie with the whipped cream just to myself the whole cotton pick and thing. Sorry for my French right there, bro. And Mama said yes. And I ate the whole thing. That's how you get pot bellies, in case you're wondering how to do it. Just keep working on it, it'll happen. But we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving Day, and we probably think more about the good meals than we do how it all started. And then we celebrate holidays throughout the year. I don't care whether it's the 4th of July, the whole world celebrates my birthday, February the 2nd, national holiday. Groundhogs Day. what well, what's funny? We, we celebrate Veterans Day and Labor Day and Memorial Day and Sunday, Monday and two. We, we celebrate days and we celebrate what happened. But tonight I want to celebrate and talk about celebrating what didn't happen. I have a lot of scripture. And I prefer not to preach with a PowerPoint. But when I got a lot of scripture, folks get tired and wear, wear out and fall over faint when you got 99 verses to read. So I'll put it on there so I can try to read fast through it. You can see I like, I like book. I like Bible. My favorite way to preach is read one sermon, close my Bible, walk away, and preach. You're out of luck, this revival, so just deal with it. And I mean that in a good Christian way. I'm reading from Esther chapter 9, verse number 20. Uh, I will pronounce names improperly. Deal with it. This is my sermon. I'm preaching it like I want to. You, properly, it's pronounced Mordecai, I'm sure. I pronounce it Mordecai. So there you go. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in the provinces of King Ahasuerus, both nigh and far. To establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month Adar, and the 15th day of the same yearly, As the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies in the month, which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy, and from mourning unto a good day. Anybody here be able to use a good day? I guarantee you. That they should make them days of feasting and joy, and of sending portions one to another. And gifts to the poor, and the Jews undertook to do as they had begun, and as Mordecai had written unto them, because Haman the son of Hammerhead, the Agagite, what the enemy of all the Jews had devised against the Jews to destroy them, and it had cast pur. The word pur means roll the dice, cast lots that is, the lot, to consume them and to destroy them. But when Esther came before the king, he commanded by letters that his wicked device, which he devised against the Jews, should return upon his own head, and that he and his sons should be hanged on the gallows. Wherefore, they call these days Purim, after the name Pur. Therefore, for all the words of this letter and of that which they had seen, concerning this matter, and which had come unto them, the Jews ordained and took upon them and their seed, and upon all as such joined themselves unto them, as it should not fail that they should keep these two days, according to their writings, according to their appointed time, every year. And that these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province, and every city, and that these days of Purim should not fail from among the Jews, nor the memorial of them perish from their seed. Then Esther the queen, the daughter of Abihail, and Mordecai, the Jew, wrote with all authority to confirm this second letter of Purim. And he sent letters unto all the Jews, into the 127 provinces of the king, kingdom of Ahasuerus, which with words of peace and truth to confirm these days of Purim in their times appointed according as Mordecai the Jew and Esther the queen had enjoined themselves and that as they had decreed for themselves and for their seed the, master, the matters of the fastings and their cry and the decree of Esther confirm these matters of Purim and it was written in the book and all the people said amen. I probably only came across this within the last half dozen years. Somehow you read the Bible through time after time after time, and some things just go zippy doo right through your head. You skim over it. You just don't get it. You really don't make it applicable. And then one day you're reading something. You've read hundreds, it seems like, times, and all of a sudden, shazam! I mean that in a good Christian way. There it is. You see something that you never got before. We get hung up, or at least i talking for myself, get hung up on the seven major feasts that Israel had. And I focused on them. But this one is not the common one. And yet it is of the greatest and the most celebrated of all feasts. I was in Rancho Cucamonga. You know where that's at. Some of them have no clue. That's in America. America, And Southern California, not too far away from where my sister lives. I was getting some computer work done. I wanted some more memory put into my MacBook Pro. And I noticed that the man owning the store had a little cap on his head. His name was Bobby, and as I'm paying my bill, I said, Bobby, do you celebrate the Feast of Purim? He looked at me shocked, knowing that I'm a Gentile, and what in the cornbread world do I know about the Feast of Purim? Oh, he said, do I celebrate the Feast of Purim? He said, we have a greater celebration than New Year's. We get so loud. He said, the Torah tells us, and I'm going to tell you this again. The Torah tells us to party so hard that we cannot tell the difference. We shout out and boo the name. When they read the book of Esther during the Feast of, of Purim, they, every morning, they, those two days, they read the, the book of Esther. And everyone that hears them boos the name of Haman. And they cheer the name of Mordecai. And they get so as where I come from, they say so head up, so pumped about cheering and booing that it's kind of hard to tell which one they're going which one's the loudest. They they just I'm talking party hardy. And they eat and they they Make, they bring noisemakers, rattles, horns. They played music loud. They drowned out the name of Haman. And they dance over what didn't happen. The deal was they were going to die. And they were shouting because they're still here. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. The seven main Jewish feasts celebrated their history. They had spring feast. The first one was the feast of the Passover. It points to Jesus Christ as our Passover lamb. The second feast was the feast of the unleavened bread. It's symbolic to me that nothing was to be added into the word of God. You don't take away from it, you sure don't add to it. It's not your opinion or my opinion, it's God's opinion. The third was the feast of the first fruits. And that pointed to the resurrection of Jesus as the firstfruits from the dead. The fourth feast was the Feast of Pentecost. It was the Holy Ghost outpouring. Two feasts, it was mandatory that every male could be there, should be there. One was the Passover, and the other one was the Feast of Pentecost. The Lord already had the table set, making sure everybody was going to be there when He poured out the Holy Ghost. It was mandatory that they be there. They had maybe no clue why up until that time. In the fall, they had more feasts. They had the Feast of the Trumpets, and many believed at this point to the days of the rapture of the church. But it was a time of preaching the gospel, and symbolic of preaching the gospel, proclaiming against sin, giving that certain sound, blowing the trumpets, and if we ever needed someone to blow the trumpet, and give a certain sound, we need it in this generation. The sixth was the Day of Atonement. And if you break down the word atonement, every Bible student knows it means at-one-ment with Him. It's a time to get clean. It was a time of repentance. It was a time to get uh, at, become one with the Lord. And the seventh was the Feast of the Tabernacles. They dwelt in booths made of, of palms or willow branches. They got back to the basics, reminding themselves, I may live in a a sealed house, but I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger here. I'm just passing through. And every now and then, brothers and sisters, we need to remind ourselves, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. Can I get a witness from somebody? It was a time of great rejoicing. But these people celebrated what did happen in Israel. The Feast of Purim, or the casting of lots, celebrated what did not happen. So let me introduce to you the key players of this program. First one I want to talk about is Ahasuerus. He was the king. He was the king of the Medes and the Persians. I'm talking about a man who reigned over everywhere from India to Ethiopia, 127 countries or nations, or provinces as they were called then. He was the biggest ruler in the then known world. He wasn't Mr. Small Potatoes. In the third year of his reign, he had a banquet that lasted 180 days. I mean, the boy could party, as in party hardy. He was married to a very beautiful woman named Vastai. So beautiful that he just kind of liked to show her off. Hey, look what a good deal I got right here. At the same time that he's having a feast, a big banquet, Vastai is having a feast made for some of just the important women in her world at her own residence at the royal house. Mordecai was the grandson of Shimei. You remember the man that cursed David and threw rocks at him? Mordecai was his grandson. Let me tell you, I don't care who your daddy was. I don't care who your grandpa was. It's possible to break the cycle. It's possible to break the curse that's been a shadow over your family for the longest time. God specializes in things called impossible. All it takes from you and all it takes from me is a want-to to to make a change. This Holy Ghost helps folks make a change. You don't have to leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Can I get a witness from somebody? Esther was a Jewish maiden. Evidently, she was awful easy on the eyes. And she was handpicked as a potential queen of the country. And she was put into a room, given seven servants to take care of her and make sure that her skin was perfect and she got all the special baths and she got her, her, her nails and her toes did and she got all that kind of stuff. I'm seeing a few smiles in the house. That's what I'm talking about. Waiting to see whether or not he would, she would be the one. Haman the Agagite was the descendant of Agag. You remember the guy that Saul didn't kill? What you don't take care of in your life now is going to come back to haunt you later. And if it don't haunt you, it's going to haunt the rest of your family and your kin down the road. Now, this man was the prime minister of all of the land. And when he rode in his chariot down the road, everybody, I mean, trumpets blew, they announced. And people fell to their knees and bowed down with their heads to the ground except one guy named Mordecai. He just stood there and watched. And that just burnt Haman's hide. All he could see was the one man that wasn't bowing down. He couldn't see the tens of thousands that were bowing down. I call that, for lack of a better term, the Haman syndrome. Sometimes in life all we can see is the one thing that's not going our way and we can't see all the things that is going our way. Some idiots look at the one or two things. They got 97% of what they want in their marriage, and they focus on the 3% they don't have and willing to throw it all away for the 3%. Some of y'all do that on your jobs, too. You get a good job, and you got 95% of what you want in that job, and the 5% just so tears you up, you quit the good job. Don't be stupid. And I mean that in a good Christian way. Haman despised Mordecai and set out to destroy him. If I, I'm i going to make a show out of him. I'm going to hang him high. I think that's where Clint Eastwood got his idea for a movie. Hang him high or something. All I know is the posters I've seen on the wall. I don't know what the movie's about. I should have kept my mouth shut right there. I don't even turn the TV on in the motel, so there you go, right there. My wife just tells me, she said, Honey, your jokes just get cornier and cornier. But she still laughs trying to, this out of pity, I'm sure. But he wanted to make a spectacle out of Mordecai. Sister, it's going to get better, I, I, I promise you, just... He's going to make a spectacle out of Mordecai. And I'm going to hang him up there and let everybody know they should bow before me. I am the man. Well, sir. So Esther 3, 7 said they cast Purr. Oh, Haman got permission from the king to kill all the Jews and take their property. And so Haman decides, you know what? I don't even know where to start first. I'm going to cast the lots. I'm going to roll the dice and see where to even start first and see what day I want to start it on. And it came up on the 14th. The lot fell on the 14th day. So he writes out letters and sent them to all the provinces. We're going to kill all the Jews over here on the 14th day. We're going to take their property too. And when Mordecai heard that, he sat down in the street and he cried and he wailed loudly. He had sackcloth and ashes. He wasn't presentable before the king. I can see servants coming to Esther say, your uncle's out there in the street. He's crying. He's wailing loud. He's making a spectacle. So She had no clue what he was crying about. Didn't know. She had to be told. And when she found out that Haman had built a gallows 75 feet high to hang Mordecai. She goes in to see the king, and she tells herself, if I perish, I perish, but I've got to talk to the king. I'm going to die anyway, whether it's today, right now, or on the 14th. I'm going to die anyway. I'm a Jew. I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And when the king saw her, he was smitten anew by her beauty. And the scepter went forth and stretched out towards her to let her know that she's acceptable and welcome in his presence. And she came before the king and he said, What can I give you? What can I do for you? I'll give you anything you ask for. Even, I'll, I'll even give you half of my kingdom. She smiled very demurely thanked him but she said no I I just came to invite you to supper I'm preparing supper at my house I want you to come and I'd like to have Haman come too well the king was kind of flattered that he got a special invitation from this good looking chick over here and besides that she knows how to do her political angles she's got Haman so he sends word hey tell Haman Supper at Esther's house tonight, 5.30. Be there. It's black tie affair. So she invites Haman, the king. And when they're done eating, he wipes his mouth with a napkin and burps a time or two and rubs his tummy and said, Well, baby, what can I do for you? She said, Well, I'll tell you why I bought you here. Haman has talked to you about killing all the Jews. I'm Jewish. On the 14th, I'm going to die. And she revealed Haman's plot to the king. And in so doing, I'm going to just cut right to the chase. It wound up that Haman got hung on his own gallows. Not only that, but his ten sons got hung on the same gallows too. And Mordecai was made ruler over the house of Haman. He became ruler over the house of his enemy. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, God knows how to turn situations around. He still specializes in things called impossible. I don't know what you're going through in this house or what you've been through. But you don't give up on God. He still knows how to do the impossible. He's still a miracle-working God. I don't care what the doctor said. I don't care what they said or he said or she said. All I want to know is what did God say? Come on, somebody. Uh, well, I'm thinking about that. A boy, a young, a man in my son's church, my son Brian in uh, Raleigh, had some bad. Health issues, and he went to see the doctor. They took a lot of blood tests and everything. And the doctor said, Well, here's your MRI. This is, here's the problem here. And we also did a CAT scan, and this is the report on that. And we took uh, this and this, and he just t- tell them all the tests, given the reports and all the tests they did. And he said, Well, doctor, what did the blood say? And just that phrase, What did the blood say? Well, I can walk through the Bible starting way back in the Garden of Eden. I can take you to the Passover. I can walk it all the way up to Calvary. What did the blood say? You're here because the blood's still talking, because it's still powerful. Though the bad reports may be here and there, thank God we got a good report on the blood. The blood's good. The blood still works. The blood has never lost its power. Come on, somebody. And Esther 8 and 16 says, the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. I don't think that my, my English professors would like me using that many ands and commas in that particular setting. But it's book, and I like it just like it is. I ain't going to change a thing. I like it. The Jews had light. The Jews had gladness. The Jews had joy. And the Jews had honor. A depressed people, uh, people who were servants, now they had honor. It became such an awesome thing that the Gentiles started joining up with them. Said, I want to be a proselyte. I want to join your church is what they were saying. All right. The Jews had joy and gladness and feast and a good day. And many of the people of the land became Jews for fear of the Jews fell upon them. I'm telling you, God knows how to turn it around, completely around. Haman's ten sons were hanged on the, on the father's gallows, and all of Israel rejoiced. Our celebration of Purim today is, uh, I think, pretty much on time and on target. Is there anybody in this place tonight who has been through a little something-something in the last year? 2014, maybe you've been through, maybe you've looked bankruptcy in the face, maybe you've looked divorce in the face, maybe you've had health issues, I don't want to know your personal stories, you've had pain of some kind, I, I, you, you've cried a lot and you really would like to have a time of rejoicing, you've been through a little something, something, I, I, I want everybody to stand with me right now if you will please, just go ahead stand with me, I'm, I'm not done preaching so don't get your hopes up too high. I, I'd like for you just to go ahead and come up. I don't care who you are. Just just come up right up here and, and stand close to this altar. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, good, wonderful. Come on now. We've all been through a little something. Now, don't get too far ahead of me, girlfriend. Okay. Kind of squinch your spirit there a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Now, I want you three young ladies right here on this end. Yeah, count them up. You're the third one. Bluebell, come on up here. <laughs> and I need you. I'll take you two right here. Come here. Get, get, come, come right here in the front, right here. Now, what I'd like to do tonight is celebrate what didn't happen. We're going to sit down on Thursday and celebrate what did happen. But. Thanksgiving has not only to do with what, didn't ha- what did not happen, but what didn't happen. We come home and say, oh, thank the Lord we made it safe. We're thanking the Lord because we didn't have a wreck. You understand what I'm saying? So I have a little bit of everything up in here, and I'm going to need some help distributing stuff. We're going to sell a break. Put Humpty Dumpty back together again. There you go. Heads up, ladies. There might be two in there, I don't know. I got more junk in this. Is that my bag? Thank you. Come on, test it all out here. I need a, a organ. I need some drummers. I need bass players. There's two of them in there, so pass them out like songbooks. Okay, okay, hold, hold on, hold on. Come on, I, I need I need some noise makers up here. I need I need big big Chief Wampum stick up here. Okay, we're not Jewish. I know I'm going over the board and illustrating here, but I don't give a big quack. My deal is, if we're going to be having Thanksgiving, I want God to know that I think it's more than just turkey. I want him to know that my heart's grateful for not only what he's done for me, but for what didn't happen to me. You and I have no clue what he's kept us from. We're not here because we're smart, because we're good. We're here because God's been merciful to us. Somebody put your hand together. He's kept us one more year. I'm going to need somebody back there on the PowerPoint. I'm not done yet. My God, you're trying to take the day off. That's right. Now, they read the book of Esther. Come on, I want to hear the racket one more time. but okay here's, here's what we're going to do we're, we're going to practice we're going, I, want you, you I want to hear you say boo real loud I want to hear you say yes okay that's when I every time I say the word devil you say boo. when I say the word Jesus you say yes. all right you want to sell tickets to this 2014 may not have been the best year and you may have been through hell, high water and half of Georgia, but you're still here. And we're celebrating what didn't happen to us. The devil's done this and the devil's done that. But God gave you enough strength to make it one more day. The devil passed his loss. The devil The devil tried to kill me, but Jesus brought me through. It's still customary to boo, to hiss, to blow horns, to beat drums, to stamp the feet, to rattle noisemakers whenever the name of Haman is mentioned. And the purpose of this custom is to blot out the name of Haman. We are commanded to eat, drink, and I'm quoting, and be merry. According to the Talmud, a person is required to party until he cannot tell the difference between cursed be Haman and blessed be Mordecai. In addition, we are commanded to send out gifts. It's customary to hold carnival-like celebrations. Purim is the most festive day of Jewish holidays, a time of prizes, noisemakers, treats. The festival commemorates what didn't happen. I'm still standing. Look at your neighbor and said, I'm still here. The devil has tried to jerk the rug out from me underneath everybody in this building. The devil tempted you and tried you all year long he's given you his best shot but you're still here and you're celebrating what didn't one more day come on somebody somebody needs to get your shout on somebody needs to start thanking God for what didn't happen somebody's looked divorced right in the face but the Lord knows how to put Humpty Dumpty back together again clap your hands and do the Lord State me with cancer, but Jesus, He's the great physician. Whose report will you believe? I will believe the report of the Lord. I can talk about cancer, I can talk about car wrecks. I can talk about gossip and rumors I can talk about temptation I can talk about financial disasters and bankruptcy and the devil tries the devil tries everything in the book look at me I'm flesh and blood like you are I'm not here because my name's Balastero. because I had a wonderful mom and dad no. Oh, I thank God for wonderful mom and dad, but I'm here because God kept me one more day. My daddy and my mama's gone, but I got Jesus, and as long as I got King Jesus, everything's gonna be be all right. Everything's gonna be. What are those Jews doing? We came that close to being wiped out. You think we're going to sit down and be quiet about this? Oh, no. We know what it's like to look at our babies and wonder on the 14th, are you going to kill my baby? Are you going to kill me? What's going to happen to us? See, this This piece of property has been in our family for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. We're going to lose everything. You're going to take it all away. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't care what Haman has planned for you. I don't care what the devil has planned for you. God is still the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and He's still in control. Some of you, the devil, tried to destroy with drugs Tried to destroy you with bad friends Tried to destroy you with a shattered dream Tried to destroy you with an unfaithful spouse Tried to destroy you with bitterness tried to destroy you with unforgiveness tried to destroy you with rebellion but Jesus made us whole again at an old fashioned altar Jesus hasn't given up on you don't give up on him come on somebody let's make some noise I'm going to need a bass player up here. The devil gave me his best shot. The devil gave me his best shot. I heard Brother Ken Boe preaching one time about if the devil wrote a book. He preached a sermon on it. Satan wrote a book. He said, as a boy, I saw them shoot my mama. I sat outside bars while my mother worked the inside of the bar room. I watched him as they killed my brother. He said, I had a wife walk away from me, handed me divorce papers on the night of my 25th wedding anniversary after we came home. said, I don't want to be in this life anymore. He said, the devil's giving me. He said, devil, if that's your best shot, I've got it made because I'm still here. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, the devil has done everything he could to destroy some of you. But there's no testimony without a test. You are still here, and you got a testimony. (laughs) This is no time to quit. It's no time to give up. It's no time to throw in the towel. This is no time to backslide. It's no time to get discouraged. You're still here. Daniel, you've been a night in the lion's den, but you're still here. Three Hebrew children, you've been in a fiery furnace, but there's a fourth one in there with you. You're still here. This is no time to cry today. This is no time to suck our spiritual thumb. Let's celebrate what didn't happen. I need some shout music.